What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And this episode is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether you're corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. Right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Before we get started, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, Slam Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which will air tonight on Facebook. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, it's crossover Thursday, so David is going to be joined by Bill Rossetti from the Locked On Panthers podcast. We got into it a little bit with them during the offseason because we knew we were playing the NFC South this year. So now there's a lot to get into. Christian McCaffrey is out. There's some players on the Panthers that used to be former Chargers like Michael Schofield and Russell Okung. So we'll get into all of that. But we're going to start today with the announcement that Tyrod Taylor is out indefinitely because of the punctured lung that happened to him on Sunday from a team doctor. Let's go ahead and get into it. On Wednesday, it was reported that Los Angeles Chargers quarterback Tyrod Taylor is out indefinitely due to a punctured lung. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked on Chargers lead story. There were a lot of theories floating around this week about what happened with Tyrod Taylor going into Sunday's game and some of them are very close to what actually happened. It was reported to Shelly Smith from ESPN on Wednesday to head coach Anthony Lynn that a Los Angeles Chargers team doctor accidentally punctured quarterback Tyrod Taylor's lung just before kickoff Sunday while trying to administer a pain-killing injection to the quarterback's cracked ribs. This is something that is terrible to see. This is a team doctor taking out the starting quarterback for the Chargers. Obviously, it's an accident, and accidents happen, but now you can see why Anthony Lynn was so fervently defending quarterback Tyrod Taylor. And now, David, we don't necessarily know the timeline for when Taylor could come back. All we know is that he's out indefinitely. Yes, he is, Daniel, and we don't necessarily know what indefinitely means, but Anthony Lynn did say in his press conference that the Chargers did not have any plans to put Tyrod Taylor on IR, which would have kept him out at least three games with the new COVID-19 IR rules. When speaking about the doctor, Anthony Lynn said, he's a very good man. He's a very good doctor. I know it wasn't intentional. Everyone makes mistakes. I can't explain it. And I don't think that anyone can explain it, but one thing I think is important to point out is that the former Chargers doctor, David Chow, said when discussing this with another doctor on his podcast that this pneumothorax is a known complication of these injections. So this is something that does happen. It, It is still terrible, but yes, people do make mistakes. Tyrod Taylor is ruled out for Sunday, but the Chargers must have some confidence, Daniel, that he is going to be ready to come back before three weeks. That is basically the only timetable we have to go off of right now. And for Tyrod Taylor, you just have to feel terrible. He lost his starting spot to Baker Mayfield in 2018 due to an injury on Monday Night Football against the Jets. And he never got his starting spot back. And now he goes into a game as the starter and has the team doctor accidentally puncture his lung. This is something 
out of a nightmare and does not look good for the Chargers medical staff. But one thing that that does mean is rookie quarterback Justin Herbert will get the start this week against the Carolina Panthers. Anthony Lynn officially said so himself. And as a rookie last week, he really impressed against the Kansas City Chiefs. But Anthony Lynn did say that there was a lot of mistakes that he made and he's a backup quarterback for a reason. So now he goes into this one, David, against a defense that hasn't really looked that great so far in 2020 and he'll have a chance to kind of right some of those mistakes and go out there and try to make a good impression for this team to maybe get a starting job sooner rather than later. Yeah, no, and Justin Herbert was uh, very impressive, you know, in his NFL debut, and a very unexpected NFL debut, a debut that he did not learn about until after the coin toss. So to, for him to get thrust in there against the Kansas City Chiefs and perform the way he did, 22 of 33, 311 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception, I think Justin Herbert did a great job of scanning the field and getting through his progressions. That's something that's definitely going to need to continue against the Panthers on Sunday. Justin Herbert needs to also continue to use his athleticism to extend plays and use his intelligence to check into better plays based on the defensive alignment. On the flip side of things, Justin Herbert needs to be smarter with his decision making. The interception he threw trying to force the ball to Keenan Allen was completely avoidable and he could have ran for the first down, extended the drive, and took a lot more time off the clock. He also took a big sack that was very avoidable as well. He could have thrown the threw the football at Gabe Neighbors, the fullback, or just threw it away, extending the, the, the drive, giving you another opportunity to get into better down and distance. Mistakes like these, Daniel, especially the turnover, is going to lose you games in the NFL. Absolutely. The one good thing that that sack gave to us was just the fact that we got to see Justin Herbert throw that dime to Keenan Allen on third and 10 for 25 yards. But I think one thing for the Chargers this week, and they'll have to continue to do, is to run the football. Carolina has been one of the worst NFL teams so far in being able to stop the run, so I think the Chargers continuing to lean on the running game will be very important for his development, and I also think it's a good chance for him to get out there because the Chargers offensive line has played well so far, and also the Panthers as a team only have one quarterback hit so far this season, so they haven't had much of a pass rush. This could be a golden opportunity for Justin Herbert to go out there and impress even more than he did last week against the Chiefs. But we do have two more segments to get into because it is crossover Thursday. So David's going to be joining the Locked On Panthers podcast to break down this weekend's game. But first, I need to tell you guys, if there's any auto part that you need, there's only one place to go, and that is rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use on other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30 or 50, 100% more on the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com and they have the best inventory around? You're not going to have to wait and see which store is going to have it. You can have it delivered right to your doorstep and they have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Right now, you can go to rockauto.com and see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Crossover Thursday. Bill Rossetti and David Drogemeyer with you guys as we are crossing over Locked On Panthers and Locked On Chargers. 
So welcome into Crossover Thursday. we got a great show here. Like I said, it's myself, Billy Rossetti, and David Drogemeyer getting you ready for Chargers-Panthers on Sunday. And we're going to just start right off. I'm going to uh, shoot some questions over to my buddy David here, get you guys some insight on the Chargers. And David, I think the first question i got to ask you, man, is uh, this craziness that we've been seeing this whole week with the Chargers quarterback situation. We get the report on Wednesday that... Uh, Tyrod Taylor ended up missing Sunday's game against the Chiefs because he had his lung punctured by the team doctor. Uh, what were your thoughts on all that? What's going on? We know Justin Herbert's going to get the start on Sunday against the Panthers, but give us your reactions, your thoughts on what has been uh, just a weird story uh, with the Chargers quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. I mean, how could you not be just astonished at what's been going on? I mean, so many crazy stories coming out. But see, for me, I was, you know, wanted to get a lot more information about this before jumping to judgment. I mean, I think a lot of people out there are immediately assassinating the Chargers medical staff. And I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. the right move, because if you listen to Dr. David Chow, who was the former head doctor of the Chargers, he himself on his podcast basically said that this pneumothorax, which is you know where the, the needle goes in a little bit too far and punctures the outer lining of the lungs, said that this happens all the time. Like this is, you know, this is something when administering these shots to try to take pain away from players before they go out there and, and play, this type of thing is a known complication. So I think everybody out there needs to kind of pump the brakes a little bit on trying to run over the medical staff. This is a known complication. But yeah, is it crazy still? Absolutely. I mean, Justin Herbert learning he's going to start literally after the coin toss is was, I'm sure, very, very jarring. But also, I mean, the Chiefs had no time to prepare for Herbert, and Herbert didn't have any time to overthink it either. You just go in and you start playing football right away. But man, you can't help but feel bad for Tyrod Taylor because... In this situation, I mean, he's just trying to go go get a shot done so he can, you know, try to take some pain away from some broken ribs, broken ribs that or cracked ribs that he played with uh, against the Bengals in week one. He was going to do that same thing. And this, you know, unfortunately happened. And then Justin Herbert goes out there and the offense looks completely different. I mean, they're going up and down the football field. And then Tyrod Taylor's like, man. Sounds awfully familiar. It feels like what happened to me in Cleveland. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just a, just just a wild scenario. And yeah, that's that's a perfect example. It is exactly what happened in Cleveland. So, um, but yeah, let, let's talk about Justin Herbert for a little bit. Um, obviously had a great rookie debut, three hundred passing yards. Uh, first touched, uh, first player in NFL history passing touchdown, rushing touchdown in the first half of his debut. So, you know, great start, but I, I think you brought up a, a great point, David, and that's, you know, the fact that there was nothing to prepare for, right? If, if you're the chiefs, I mean, you, you literally don't find out till minutes before kickoff. So now the, now the Panthers have a little bit of film on him. I, obviously, you know, we can go back and watch him at Oregon as well, but you know, I even said on my podcast too, that, one of the things I, I think the Panthers need to try to do here is rattle Justin Herbert a little bit because he hasn't really seen a lot of adversity yet in the NFL, obviously. I, th- I thought he played a, a fairly clean game on Sunday. And, of course, the Chargers were in control for most of this game. So, you know, wh- what are your thoughts on that, you know, with Justin Herbert going in? You know, what, what can he do now that he has a little bit of NFL film on him? What can he do to try to continue the success uh, this week against the Panthers? Well, first and foremost, I think Justin Herbert just needs to learn from his mistakes because there's two major mistakes that happened in his rookie debut. You know, besides a, 
an, another, you know, flawless per- performance. I mean, he had one interception where he tried to roll out and there was plenty of green grass in front of him. It was a second and two. He could have easily ran for the first down and kept the, the chains moving, the clock burning. And he instead, you know, decided to trust his arm a little bit too much and threw into double coverage trying to hit Keenan Allen and it got picked off. And that was something, a decision he should have never made. But you kind of, when with a rookie quarterback, you're going to have these type of situations that are going to going to come up. And you just have to hope that he's going to learn from that mistake and store it in the memory bank and not let that happen again. But for Justin Herbert, I think it's, you know, you have to make him comfortable. And what is what makes Justin Herbert com- comfortable is that offense where he's getting the ball out of his hands quickly, getting it into his playmakers, letting them, you know, do what they do best in the open field. Austin Eckler is phenomenal in open field. Joe Reed, one of their uh, 2020 draft picks, was the Jet Award winner for the best kick returner in the nation. He's phenomenal in open space. Mike Williams is a big body. He just needs to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And one thing that was definitely a, a drawback from Justin Herbert watching his tape was the mental processing. It just didn't seem like he would scan the field and process what is happening. He'd go through one read and, and throw it. Uh, on Sunday, he actually went through progressions. And the most impressive thing about his performance was that he was able to go through his reads. He was also making checks at the line. So for Justin Herbert, get into a rhythm. And I think that is what's going to allow him to succeed the most against the Panthers. No, absolutely. I I agree. I think it should be really interesting to see just how he kind of continues to build himself. You know, we we obviously knew he was a solid quarterback coming into the draft, but now that he has a little bit of this NFL experience under him, it'll be interesting to see what he does here in week two. Um, One of the other things I want to touch on, too, with you is what has the Chargers defense been able to do these last couple of weeks uh, against the Bengals and the uh, and the Chiefs, particularly you know, without Derwin James, because obviously another big loss for them uh, really sucks to see him out for the season again, you know, because it's going to end up being what? Like he's played three games or something, three or four games in two seasons, which is very disappointing for a guy like him. But how have they been trying to uh, replace him these last couple weeks? Obviously, they, you know, you really don't have anybody the the caliber of Derwin James, but you know what 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 are they trying to do uh back there in the secondary and how can a team like the Panthers attack that secondary well i mean even without derwin james i mean this secondary is very very good i mean they're going to move rayshon jenkins who played free safety alongside derwin james last year over to strong safety and then they were bringing their second round pick from 2019 nazir adderley uh, out of Delaware to play free safety and he pretty much redshirted his entire first year so we didn't really get to see very much of Nazir the only thing we did see was uh, a preseason game against the 49ers where he got his hands on four different balls but only was able to pick off one of them and in that moment you're like man this guy has incredible ball skills great instincts has good speed can flow sideline to sideline can cover very well but he's still very inexperienced, and that's probably the person out of the secondary because, I mean, Casey Hayward, you definitely don't want to go there. Chris Harris Jr., you don't want to go there. Michael Davis, the other corner, very, very good as well. The The linebackers are, are pretty improved as well with Kenneth Murray and Kaiser White coming back. They're if you're going to exploit or try to look for a weakness in this Charger secondary, you're probably looking at Nazir Adderley just because of that inexperience. And, you know, some of the angles he has taken to make tackles has not been the best. So that's probably the only, you know, quote unquote weak link uh, in a still very impressive Chargers defense. 
and then just looking at that front line too. I mean, this is the biggest concern for me uh, from the Panthers' perspective is their offensive line, which has been struggling a bit the first couple of weeks, and now they have John Miller banged up. You know, he was limited in practice on Wednesday, so who knows what's going to happen on the interior. Um, but I mean, that front line of of the Chargers just continues to to be a force and. You you have to think if you're the Chargers, you just watched Teddy Bridgewater get sacked five times mm-hmm. last week against the Buccaneers. If I'm Melvin Ingram, if I'm Joey Bosa, I'm foaming at the mouth, ready for uh, just counting down the minutes to Sunday, ready to attack Teddy Bridgewater. What are your thoughts on uh, on that matchup? Yeah, I mean, the, the Panthers offensive line uh, sport a couple of former Chargers, which I will ask ask you about when we flip mm-hmm. things over. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're definitely at risk, and unfortunately for them, the Chargers pass rushers, especially Joey Bosa, has been in rare, rare form The first for, through the first two games of the season. He leads the league in pressures, so he is Getting just his money's been, worth. Yeah, he's definitely he's the highest-paid defender in the league, $135 million, but he's showing – week in and week out why the Chargers decided to invest in Joey Bosa and why he is makes such an impact on the game. And the thing about Joey that is, you know, kind of unsaid or, or not talked about as much is the fact that he's a great run defender as well. He does not, you know, compromise or, you know, he doesn't give, you know, or get when he's, when he's pass rushing versus run stopping. He is just as good at both of those. He's a very well-rounded defender. So, that's he's he's a weapon in both of those games. Melvin Ingram, on the other hand, has had a little bit of a slow start. You know, he's not really getting getting there quite yet. But one guy I think who is definitely going to help things out is Linval Joseph in the middle of the defensive line. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that's been missing from this Chargers defensive line is pressure from the middle. You know, haven't been really able to to push a pocket in. They've been able to get there on the outsides, obviously, but that's where you have a dynamic defensive line is where you can get pressure from every single angle. Linval Joseph is definitely helping with that. And the Panthers should be very worried uh, about Teddy Bridgewater on Sunday. Oh, absolutely. That's what I've been saying this whole week. Uh, this is definitely a little worrisome, especially now with Christian McCaffrey. And we'll, you know, certainly touch on that when we flip things around. But yeah, I mean, you have to be impressed with this Chargers team. I mean, they're obviously very close to being 2-0 and right now. I mean, you know, you could obviously flip that and say they're close to being 0-2, you know, had things gone differently sure. on that last drive with the Bengals. But this is still, I mean, they... You know, it's certainly not the Chargers we're used to, obviously, with with Philip Rivers. But other than that, this team really hasn't missed a beat. Yeah, no, they they really haven't. I mean, they're very much the same team, I would say. The quarterback position obviously has been one of the big question marks here. But, you know, through two games, I mean, the Chargers probably should have beat the Chiefs, honestly. They, mm-hmm. they dominated that game. I mean, they were up 57 minutes of that game. And, you know, in the first game against the Bengals, I mean, Joe Burrow had made a couple of good good plays in that game. But, you know, at the end of the day, they he just couldn't make enough plays on the Chargers defense. That's the backbone of this team. And also on the offensive side for the Chargers, they have really run the ball very, very effectively. 155 yards in the first game, over 180 rushing yards in the second game. That is that one. Is that something you guys are a little bit worried about going against the Chargers? Absolutely. Absolutely. And first off, shout out to my boy, uh, Joshua Kelly there. Uh, I, I got to meet him at the senior bowl and then talk to him at the combine. One of the nicest kids 
you will ever meet. And I think I said said this uh, the last time we, we talked, too. So for those that missed our first talk back in March, uh, I'll just <laughs> reiterate that I got to meet Joshua Kelly. And he's just incredible. So it's, it's absolutely great to see him uh, already being successful there. I mean, what a duo they already have now between him and Eckler. I mean, even looking at some fantasy sites. A bunch of these sites have both of them in the top 20, so it's great to see. But yeah, absolutely, we'll uh, and we'll certainly touch into that more. I mean, the the bank or the Panthers have to be worried about this um, about this rushing attack from the Chargers, so that's going to be a a big matchup. And shout out too to my boy Dan Hatman over at the Scouting Academy, uh, Joey Bosa um, for their D line module. They give you obviously the players to grade, and then a couple top players to kind of give you an idea of what like elite traits look for yeah and obviously joey bosa is up there along with uh aaron donald and, and for good reason so you know shout out to dan hatman he's been a, a great friend of mine doing uh really helping me out helping me learn the game so it's been a, a great time but uh some good insight there on the chargers uh i think we're gonna flip it around now and uh I guess it's my turn on the hot seat to see how the uh, the Panthers match up against the Chargers. We'll do that in just a minute. All right. Well, before David and Bill get back into that crossover, I do need to tell you guys that this episode is also brought to you by my bookie. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code Locked On, all caps, one word, and double your first deposit. New players get up to a thousand dollars in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports that you love and the games you bet. Your winning season begins today, only at my bookie. All right, we're back here on the crossover Thursday with Locked On Panthers, Bill Rossetti. Uh, of course, I am David Drogemeyer, Locked On Chargers. And, you know, we're going to flip things over now to the Panthers side of things. And there's been a lot of changes here for the Panthers this season, a lot of new things. The I think the most Im- important new thing, obviously, is the head coach. I mean, what is your impressions of Matt Rule uh, transitioning from Baylor uh, over to the NFL ranks as your new head coach of the Panthers? Yeah, I mean, so far it's, you know, kind of what you've expected from a first-year head coach, especially from college. A lot of growing pains, a lot of interesting decisions, you know, to try to spice things up, I guess, or get cute. I don't know. I mean, you had the uh, the fake punt attempt inside the the 40-yard line last year against the the Bucks or last week against the Bucks that failed. But I, I mean, you're seeing some positives with the team as well. You're starting to see. Um, definitely that Matt Rule influence and the uh, the David Tepper influence. I, I mean, the the pieces are there, the foundation's there. So you know, this is a team on the rise. They're uh, they're obviously not going to win a lot of games. I, I think we've uh, established that by this point. This team's going to be in contention for one of the top draft picks in uh, in twenty twenty one. But I mean, Matt Rule has um, you know the, the coaching staff he brought into obviously has been a has been impressive so far. Joe Brady's been doing a great job so far of getting some matchups and moving his players around and kind of opening up the offense a, a little bit more than we've seen over the past couple of years with, you know, Norv Turner and Scott Turner kind of calling the shots there. So really nice to see that Joe Brady influence. And then uh, Phil Snow coming in, doing some good things with the, with the defense so far. So, you know, Matt Rule from that perspective has done a really good job. Uh, the, the players have certainly already bought into to what he's doing and i mean look you know when you when you sign a a coach for seven years especially one that has never been a head coach in the nfl he's only had one year of coaching experience in the nfl and that was eight years ago when you sign him to a seven-year deal you know it's going to start off 
with some speed bumps. And that's exactly what we've seen so far uh, in these first two games. But I mean, you know, a five point loss to to the Raiders in week one. And they um, are actually not even a, a, a five point loss, a four point loss, excuse me, uh, to the Raiders in week one. Uh, ten point loss or fourteen point loss to the Buccaneers, which was you know kind of expected. The Buccaneers were just way more talented than the Panthers, but they've shown some things that you know give you some hope and see the light at the end of the tunnel. So you know there's still some excitement with Matt Rule. Long way to go, plenty of time. I think things are going to be just fine under Matt Rule. Well, of course, uh, Matt Rule is not the only new person on the Panthers. Uh, they also have a new quarterback as well in Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, the, a really great story coming back from a horrible, horrible injury, having some success with the New Orleans Saints and then getting signed by the Carolina Panthers through two games. What are your impressions of the new quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, I mean, Teddy's Teddy. You know, he's showing the things that we saw in the five games he started last year for the Saints. You know, he'll he'll throw a lot of short passes, just get the ball and his playmakers really haven't taken a, a lot of shots deep, but he, he's done a couple times and he's had some success. I mean, you saw they had a big play for a touchdown in week one against the Raiders, right? That 75 yard pass to, uh, to Robbie Anderson on the double move. I think it was against uh, Damon Arnett. If I, I forget, it might've been Arnett, but either way, a nice double move and Bridgewater with a, a nice throw to hit him. And, Anderson was off to the races. So in a small sample size in with the, the deep pass, he's shown pretty well. But, you know, Teddy Bridgewater has done a, a pretty good job of just controlling the offense and taking care of the football. I mean, he only has, I think, one turnover so far in uh, in the two games, you know, and then really the offense as a whole has been pretty clean. I think that's, um, you know, they really don't have a lot of turnover. So Bridgewater's done a nice job of just you know manning the field and taking care of the offense taking care of the football letting guys like dj moore and uh and christian mccaffrey and robbie anderson kind of do their thing now obviously that's going to change over the next couple of weeks without mccaffrey but you know i think joe brady's going to have uh something up his sleeve to try to you know we'll say minimize the uh the impact of uh, mccaffrey not being there but having a a solid quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater, obviously he's not Cam Newton. You know, you lose the uh, the mobility that Cam Newton brought you. You know, Teddy's not going to beat you with his legs. He never has. But he's still a serviceable quarterback. And I think just his talent alone leading this offense is going to help the Panthers win a couple of these games and maybe steal a couple. So, yeah, overall, I think you have to like what you've seen out of Teddy Bridgewater so far in Carolina. Well, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey, and of course uh, we can't have a crossover without talking about Christian McCaffrey and, uh, you know, the unfortunate injury. What happened with the injury and, you know, how long do you guys expect him to be out? And also, how are the Panthers going to try to replace that type of production? Yeah, so it was late in the game against the Bucs. I suffered the, actually suffered a high ankle sprain. So he's going to be out four to six weeks. The Panthers actually put him on uh, injury reserve on Wednesday. Now, of course, with the new rules for to- uh, 2020 because of COVID, IR, as we know, was only three weeks. So, you know, at least uh, it lets him come back earlier and it helps them free up a uh, that roster spot, which they ended up taking uh, Chris Reed off of the 
COVID reserve list and activating him to the 53-man roster, so giving them a little extra depth on the offensive line. How they're going to replace him? Well, I mean, Mike Davis had a uh, had a pretty solid game in place of uh, in place of McCaffrey on short notice. He caught all eight of his targets for 74 yards. So, you know, he sh- the Panthers have already shown that they're going to utilize him out of the backfield. So I expect that a lot going forward. You know, he's he's got kind of that bit of veteran mentality. You know, he we saw him a little bit with the Bears, and you know, he did spend some time at the end of the season with the Panthers last year, but. Mike Davis really had a, a great training camp and really earned that number two role. So it was you know, really important that uh, the Panthers had somebody reliable behind Christian McCaffrey just in case something happened. And now here we are. McCaffrey's out for four to six weeks. So now Mike Davis is going to have to take over. What I think they're also going to do, and Matt Rule kind of talked about this during the week, is you might see Curtis Samuel a little bit. Uh, at the running back position. Samuel did have four carries last week, a couple of them, of course, on a jet motion, so you might see a lot of that. Maybe they line him up in the backfield. Of course, you know, Curtis Samuel did play running back at Ohio State, with, you know, but showed some some receiver skills out of the backfield, and it was those traits that helped him uh, transition to wide receiver when he was drafted by the Panthers in the second round uh, a couple years ago. So... I think it's going to be, you know, a bit of that mix. Maybe even see Trenton Cannon get a couple carries or two. Uh, Cannon, pretty solid runner out of Virginia State. Uh, had a decent rookie season and limited work with the Jets, uh, but didn't really see the field much in 19. I think he had an injury, and Jets didn't bring him back. So uh, he landed with the Panthers and gives you great special teams value. Um, and then Reggie Bonifant is still sitting there on the practice squad. So he could possibly be an option to be one of those call-ups that you see each week now with these teams, at least for you know the time being, since you can only do that twice per player. So I think they're going to mix it up a little bit. Um, obviously, you're, you're not going to get the production that you do with Christian McCaffrey because almost nobody in the NFL gives you the production that Christian McCaffrey does. But I think with having you know, the rest of the playmakers that the Panthers do. And as we talked about with Teddy Bridgewater, him kind of uh, doing a nice job taking care of the football, I think it's going to help limit the the downfall, I guess we'll say, of losing McCaffrey. But, you know, without a doubt, this is going to be a a different looking offense. I think more of the onus now is going to be on DJ Moore, on Robbie Anderson, maybe even... Ian Thomas steps up a little bit at the tight end position. So, you know, you could see Teddy sling it a little bit more as well. So on the Panthers offensive line, they sport a couple of former chargers. You got left tackle Russell Okung and guard Michael Schofield. So how have those two guys looked for you guys throughout the first two games of the 2020 season? Yeah, Schofield had to do a couple spots. Uh, spot starts here at left guard with Dennis Daly still out with that ankle injury. And it's looking like uh, it's going to be a third start because Daly didn't practice on Wednesday. So I think uh, both, both of them are going to be in action again against their former team. And of course, uh, Pat Meyer, the former offensive line coach of the chargers is now coaching the offensive line in Carolina, but both have been, you know, pretty solid. Russell Okung has been kind of the, you know, the solid veteran that we've grown to know. Michael Schofield's had has had his ups and downs. You know, if there's a 
if there's been a problem with the Panthers' offensive line so far, it's been the interiors, you know. Uh, but they're certainly relying on a lot of kind of aging veterans. Not not that Schofield is that aging, but still, I mean, you know, certainly older players, I guess, in uh, in Schofield parodies. And uh, John Miller, who, like I said, he's banged up a little bit as well. But overall, it hasn't been a, a terrible experiment so far for, for these two guys. Uh, it could just be a one-year thing, though, because, you know, Okung, of course, only has one year left on his contract. Schofield was only signed. For one year, so these can kind of just be uh, stopgap players, and I think once Dennis Daly is fully healthy, he's going to get back in there because he was the projected starter at left guard throughout uh, training camp. You know they've been moving him around quite a bit. He was a guy that they've been working pretty much all across the line last year as a rookie, so he'll jump back in there, and Schofield will uh, will be back as depth. But he's been, you know, he's been all right so far. Uh, in his first two starts, but I mean, certainly uh, as a whole, this line is a little worrisome. And, you know, as we talked about earlier with that Chargers D line, it's a little concerning (laughs) to say the least. Yeah. So the the last couple of questions I got for you is tell me about a player on one side of the ball, you know, on defense and on offense that the Charger fans uh, should look forward to uh, watching on Sunday from the Panthers perspective. And, you know, just in conclusion, what do you think is ultimately going to decide this game on Sunday? Yeah. So I'll start with uh, the defensive side of the ball. And um, you had mentioned Nasir Adderley kind of coming into his own. And, you know, I was a fan of his coming out of Delaware. I'm going to stick with the the safety portion there. And I'm going to talk about uh, one of the Panthers rookies. And that's, of course, Jeremy Chin. Uh, Chin has had an incredible start to his NFL career. He's been flying all over the field, making tackles, uh, just looking so good out there on the field, so smooth. He's going to be one of the centerpieces uh, going forward. He's kind of that... Uh, He's become kind of that hybrid linebacker safety mix. And the Panthers are just going to be able to kind of move him all around. You know, they can play him in the box. They can play him as a deep safety and move Justin Burris up. You know, Chin really helps the Panthers give you a lot of looks. And um, a lot of, you know, they can disguise a lot of things and change things up. Really get the, really get pretty exotic. Uh, with this defense. So Chin's going to be the guy that's going to start making some big impacts on this Panthers defense. Certainly some of the other rookies uh, have been flashing a little bit as well, like, like Derek Brown, but Chin's Chin's been incredible so far these first two weeks offense. I mean, DJ Moore, I, I think is the, uh, and now, you know, now with Christian McCaffrey injured, I think DJ Moore kind of becomes the star of the show. And, you know, obviously he's started to become a household name, but I, like I said earlier, I think um, more of the uh, more of the onus of this offense is now going to fall on him with Christian McCaffrey out. And um, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's already built a nice connection with him. He's already been targeted something like 25 times in these first two games. Uh, him and Robbie Anderson both went for over 100 yards last week against the Bucks. So DJ Moore is just that guy that he'll beat you all over the field. You know, he can, he can take you vertically. He can stretch you horizontally. He can just beat you in a number of ways. Uh, he's got great hands. He can catch passes all over the field. So he's going to be the guy when it comes down to it, that I think the Panthers are going to trust, uh, when they need a big catch, but Robbie Anderson's had a, a solid start too. Like I said before, he had the 
the big touchdown grab. And again, he had over 100 yards last week, so he's been fitting in pretty nicely with the uh, with the Panthers offense here. And then I mentioned I talked about Curtis Samuel earlier, how they're probably going to try to make him a little more versatile uh, and possibly giving him some uh, some running back uh, or some carries out of the backfield and, and a couple more rushes out of this uh, in this offense. As far as what I think is going to decide this game, I, I I go back to the offensive line. I mean, if they can't protect Teddy Bridgewater, I think Joey Bosa is going to eat Teddy Bridgewater for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I mean, you know, Joey Bosa could potentially have two or three sacks in this game uh, if, if the Panthers aren't careful. So J- Joey Bosa, I think, is going to have a fine game. Um we talked about the uh, the Chargers secondary earlier. This is a tough matchup, you know. Like you said, Casey Hayward's one of the better corners, and uh, and I'm I'm excited to see Kaiser White, you know, be a little more versatile. Sounds like he's becoming a more of a hybrid player. So this is a, another tough uh, a tough go around for this Panthers offense. I think uh, there's definitely going to be some times where this offense is just going to just go nowhere because they're just outmatched I think at a, a bunch of positions and you know on the flip side this is still a uh, a secondary group in Carolina that's still trying to gel together now Rasul Douglas has had a nice first two games uh, for the Panthers but you know this is another group of really good wide receivers obviously it starts with keenan allen mike williams has been coming up so this is another tough matchup i think for uh for the panthers defense and we saw mike evans and scotty miller burn them a bit last week so i i think the same thing can kind of happen this week so this is like i said another matchup where i think the panthers are just a little bit outclassed and um if if they can't get to justin herbert i I think this defense is going to be in for a long day well, hey, Bill, I really want to tell you know, really want to thank you for joining me here on the crossover, uh, learning a little bit more about the Panthers, and of course, your fans learning a little bit more about the Chargers. Uh, and best of luck to you guys after Sunday. Well, special thanks to Bill Rossetti from the Locked On Panthers podcast. That is going to wrap things up for today's show. Tomorrow, we'll be back with you guys with our keys for success and get into our predictions for this game. Obviously, we know Justin Herbert is out there now, so we'll be able to break down exactly what the Chargers need to do to take care of business against the Carolina Panthers. But until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page LockedOnChargers as well as subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify. Those are always the best places to get it, and you get it before everyone else does. And make sure to rate and review. We'd really appreciate it. I've loved all the fan support through the voicemails. If you guys want to get your voice on the show, the number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow to break down this weekend's game. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.